Welcome to Political Twist, a podcast that aims to help social progressives take action against Trump. And we're looking to find humor and solace in an absurd world. We're Sally O'Dowd, Larry Gansman, and I'm Toby Elkin. And we'll be offering our takes on recent events, chatting up guests, and one another. So, Sally, Larry, how are you guys? Doing great. Really happy to be on this podcast. <laughs> I can't help but laugh. Yes, I'm, I'm stupid excited to be here all the time. Stupid excited. Just like silly, stupid excited. Yes. Well, great. Well, today it's like a, in New York City, sleety, weird, strange February winter day. I'm sure we all have at least one happy thought. I have a happy thought. It is about art and ancient civilization and reminds us that art does bind us through the ages. My writing teacher said last week, politics comes and goes, but relationships and stories remain. And that is so true given a recent um, discovery of an ancient mosaic dating back to the third century on the Turkish-Syrian border in a town, um, the ancient town of Antioch. And the floor tiles, got to see this, and it's on the Facebook uh, Greek getaway page. The archaeologists uncovered floor tiles that included a skeleton surrounded by wine and bread that read, be cheerful, enjoy your life. I just can't. Amen. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's a really great happy thought. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, Sally, you had, um, that's a great segue for my happy thought, because you're talking, you refer to Turkey. And I happened to uh, see the movie, uh, the new documentary movie from Turkey called Katie. K-E-D-I, which is the Turkish word for cat. And this is a documentary that I believe is sort of an antidote to the crazy, ridiculous times that we're living in. And it's about, it's a documentary about Turkish street cats that roam all over the sprawling city of Istanbul, which is about 20 million people. And it's really about the relationship between people and cats and the cats really being survivors, these tough-minded, you know, tough-hearted and also sweet and, you know, survivors of this city. They roam the streets and they kind of are taken care of by people who really have taken a shine to them. And it's about these relationships that happen. And and you can see that they make the people happy. And there is absolutely no referral or mention to, to politics in Turkey in this film, which is interesting. Uh, so, Wait, I'm sorry, Toby. Are you saying that those cats don't follow American politics? Is that, <laughs> is that what's going on here? No. I, how, I was, how is that even possible? I thought everyone and everything in this world is following American politics. See, apparently not. No, these cats yeah. only care about caring for their young, survival, and food. And they love the people who take care of them and feed them. 
and they love, they don't really, they don't follow politics. And there was absolutely not a shred of politics in this film, which I think is a, is a nice antidote to the times that we're living in. And it was filmed in 2014. Um, so what's your happy thought, Larry? Yeah, my happy thought is pretty quick. It's a 30-second video, like a commercial, for an ACLU donation button. So it's one of those Amazon dash buttons. I don't know if people know about those, but Amazon wants you to buy more stuff really quickly. So they're selling dash buttons for everyday products that you may buy. For example, a laundry detergent, like Tide. So you press the dash button without going online and it, it delivers to your house. So one guy created an ACLU donation button or a support button. Whenever you see some crazy things happening in the news, you just click the button and donate $5 automatically to the ACLU, which I thought was pretty funny. And the commercial is actually pretty funny as well. And I have a link to that on, on the show notes too, so people can check that out. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. So we actually have a guest this morning. Um, uh, we have a guest on the podcast, um, and I'd like to introduce him. Um, he's Phil Ammons. Uh, Phil, are you there? I'm here, people. How are you, Political Twist? Hey, there he is. Hey, Phil. We're good. We're good, man. We're twisting. Fantastic. So, <laughs> Thank Phil. you for having me. Thanks for being well, here. Yeah. For being yeah. here. Phil, uh, Phil is, is from <laughs> Brooklyn. He's um, a founding member of a writing collective called Riteus. Uh, that's a cool name. W R I T E O U S. And he's. It's actually Righteous. Oh, Righteous. Excuse me. Whoa. Um, righteous, a writing collective. And he's co produced three chapbooks. He curates Rainbows Across the Diaspora, a queer text reading series at Dixon Place, which is a really popular um, performance art space in New York. Um, his work has appeared in the anthology Black Gay Genius, answering Joseph Beam's call. He is a prolific artist and writer. And Phil, tell me, tell us a little bit about your work and, and what you're what you're involved in in the community and what artists are doing to respond to uh, what we have in the current political climate. Well, you know, I, you know, so much is going on right now, um, especially in the poets community, which I think were some of the first people who started to resist um, first sort of like group of artists to really start um, um, protesting the inauguration in the current administration. Um, my work, my work is, I think, like most writers, you are witnessing society, you're living in it and thriving or failing or somewhere in between. And I, my work is just a reflection of all of that and all of the intersections of my culture, my sexuality, my religion, all that good stuff, the heavy stuff. <laughs> Well, that sounds really, really interesting in that poets are, are sort of on, and, and writers are, have been on the front lines of, of, of resisting. Um, now, you, um, you, you live in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You grew up in East New York. So you are truly a New Yorker. Is that right? I'm a New Yorker. Absolutely. Um, in a way, the college in upstate New York. I'm back here. 
Um, and I love New York. Did you, and did you, uh, what, what are some of the events? Uh, have there been any events, notable events that poets um, and groups that you belong to have produced um, sort of in this art after Trump uh, period that we're going through? You know, some of the things that I've been seeing in the community <clears throat> that friends have participated in and um, Writers Resist, uh, they were uh, putting on a number of rallies, not only here in New York City, but also in Boston and about 90 other cities. Um, the PIN America uh, was a part of that, and they staged a reading at the New York Public Library um, in response to the inauguration and Trump being a president. Um, I think that was a big thing that was going on. I know a number of my artist friends have been um, holding readings all around the city. Um, for exam uh, example, there's a group called Solidarity Sundays. Every second Sunday, um, they're hosting events, private events around the city. Um, you can look them up on Facebook. Um, not only are people producing poignant and exciting art um, that's in direct protest and response to um, President 45, um, but they're also making calls, they're writing letters, they're finding out what organizations need help. So that's a great example of what artists are doing on the ground. Great, and, and in terms of what's coming up, uh, upcoming events, where can people, um, look up or find information about attending these or joining up? Um, um, so Solidarity Sundays, you can look them up on Facebook um, and also writersresist.org. Um, visit that uh, website for um, any updates on what you can participate in um, in the community. I know I'm not a big protester, um, but I do want my art um, to hopefully impact people. Um, so that is kind of like my way of participating. I know I've been using my platform at Dixon Place to um, invite other artists out there um, who are telling, who want to tell their stories. I've been using that as a platform um, to discuss what's going on. Right, and and Phil, I. I think you're going to uh, read a, one of your poems um, for our listeners and for us. What what poem are you going to be reading today? Um, I'm going to read uh, Leftover Women of China, uh, which was inspired by a short BBC um, clip um, that talked about uh, uh, women in, um, being pressured uh, to get married at a young age um, in China. Usually by the age of 27, uh, you're considered leftover. Um, Great. Um, so, um, unfulfilled if you're not married. So, uh, so yeah, leftover women of China, um, take it away. Leftover women of China. Once pussy is curated, perfectly packaged to stand auction block tall, proud families will wait in anticipation, hoping the curse of blood is answered in marriage. Her concert-ready instrument plays new symphonies on demand while she stirs in her Michelin-starred kitchen. Not a stain or drip seen on the pastels that complement the rose of her skin. She folds military edges, bends physics equations to pulp. 
her youth enslaved to family, womanhood to him. 24 is already too late. This needs to happen before the cherry blossoms open. Don't be too picky. Don't be too smart. Keep pure. Sit up straight. Don't be a disappointment. Always agree. Don't be willful. He won't like that. Don't be a disappointment. Find success before we die. Don't hurt us. Let him be the one. Don't be left over. That That is... That's it. Oh, it's prolific. Wow, that's wow. pretty good. That's pretty good, man. I am, I am sort of speechless. <laughs> I, uh, I hadn't read the poem before you read, hadn't read the thing all the way through, and and your your reading of it is really powerful, and the imagery is so so expressive. How you speed up as you read uh, builds the the forcefulness of of her oppression and and the restraints that society's putting on her the way you read it uh fully expresses the the words and their intent and and you know what's striking to me is and and maybe maybe uh you guys will disagree but i don't really feel that in our culture in the u.s in america i don't really feel um, that we have that kind of stricture on women, that there's, there's not a horrible cultural expectation in the sense that the way that Phil's poem expresses it uh, about China. Um, does anybody have anything to say about that, or am I alone in that? Or So, so Toby, are you saying that in, in, in American society there's not that much of a pressure I don't. I don't feel it as greatly. I certainly. I think it's. A, I think it is a cultural. It is a pervasive. It is. A, it is a, a thread that I think many many women feel. Um, but I don't feel like it's so oppressive. About you're kind of done by the age of you know if you're over twenty four and you're not mm. married. I, I I think that it's much different in this country. Now I don't know. I don't know if this is like a communist thing because I know China is still communist, or is it is it maybe just a cultural thing? But maybe it's a mix of both. Because back in Ukraine, where I grew up, um, there were similar. Um, I wouldn't call them oppressions, but more like things that women were supposed to do. And I'm doing air quotes right now. Um, so. In back back in Russia, back in the day, like in the early 90s, late 80s, and even before that, it was really, um, you were supposed to get married by the time you were like 18 or 19. Wow. Yeah, well, that's what was expected, right? It was expected that once you finish high school, but it wasn't high school, it was just a school, whatever, before you go to university, yeah, yeah, you get, you get married. Anyway, so... Um, yeah, you know, it was expected by the time you're 18, you get married, you have kids by the time you're 19 or 20, and that's it, and you're off to your to your life. I think that, um, yeah, in American society, when I came here, I noticed that it's definitely not, not true. And I think in more recent years, even, you know, being married at 35 sometimes considered to be a little bit too young. Oh. Well, and I think I think particularly in China, where uh, of that your value is really based on your gender. They have a um, didn't they just in kind of like that one child rule? Yes, yes. And most people culturally, with with, with the option of only having one child, 
in many cases, they wanted it to be a boy. So there's this, this there's less of a value placed on women and what's the best way for her to find success and off also to ship her off and let her be someone else's burden is for her to be married. So I think some of the, I think it's built into the culture and the women are protesting it because they're brilliant, they're beautiful. These women are really bending physics equations while they're folding military edges. <laughs> That's such a great image and colorful. If I may ask Phil maybe like one more question. I think, Phil, you and I were talking um, about this like before for a couple of minutes. I just wanted to ask and maybe have your take on um, a couple of like cultural things that I've, that I've noticed. So I have a couple of acquaintance of mine. We were discussing, you know, um, the whole quote-unquote gay agenda. And those guys are just, you know, they're young guys. They literally came from, um, from Eastern Europe not too long ago, maybe about six, seven years ago. Some of them even more recent than that. And as a culture from, like, Eastern Europe, it's always been considered that, um, you know, gay people are, or, like, just LGBT community, and by the way, they don't even know what LGBT is um, in Eastern Europe, but they, they they do know that, you know, being gay is, like, a huge taboo, and they don't want, mm-hmm. you know, they want nothing to do with it. And one of the things that they mentioned to me was that they see a lot of rainbow flags all over the city, and they also see rainbow flags now in commercials. And so they feel like... There's a gay agenda or propaganda happening that you know that that the the gay community is trying to convert people on their right. side. Right, we're 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 out there recruiting hardcore. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's what they were saying to me, and I said, no, 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 look, that's not that's not what's happening. This is not what's going on. But uh, Phil, since you're, you know, obviously you're closer to this than any one of us, and you probably know more about this than I do, so maybe you can help me with that. I, th- I think that when people are rooted in ignorance and fear, it's very easy for because you've been thinking that something is bad for so long. And now all of a sudden people are trying to tell you that it's not. And not only are they doing that, they're also displaying all of this shit in the media and in the public. And it becomes overwhelming to people who have always lived in fear and ignorance. It's not propaganda. I think when you have disenfranchised people who haven't had the same liberties um, and opportunities as others, when you get an oppor- when you do get a chance, you do want to live out and proud, not because you want to recruit people to become you. You want to recruit people to share happiness with you. I don't need people to join the gay agenda. I don't need folks to be gay. But what I do need is respect, equality, and happiness. That's all that folks want. Um, So I think you can share with your friends that, like them, they want to grow up someplace safe. They They want fair housing. They want fair opportunities with reference to work um, Mm -hmm. and chances to move up the ladder. Um, Tell them that LGBTQ people want the same thing. Right. Well, thank you, Phil, for weighing in. And um, I think it's really fascinating what you're doing. And I, I want to segue to Sally, who is one of our um, co-hosts and co-creators, who is also an artist Ooh. and writer. 
and poet. And Sally, are you there? Yes, I am here. She, you, Sally, are publisher of a multimedia e-zine, Creativity is Risky, Free Speech in a Charlie Hebdo World. And Sally's also created um, and is, continues to work on a poetry series, um, which will be a book called Grilled Cheese Sandwiches and Other Tales of Love and Loss. And that um, is published, uh, going to be published by Literati Magazine. Um, well, it is uh, on uh, Literati magazine, which publishes on Medium. Right. And and you have been writing and writing and writing your ass off um, in the last couple of years, at least. And mm-hmm. one of uh, you've got a poem, you got a couple of poems that are of particular interest um, for us here and. I think you're going to read one of them, which is called Refugee. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, like Phil, I chose to write about a woman, Refugee. It is aptly called Refugee. In my dreams, I cannot climb the ladder to the divinely white diving board overlooking the Euphrates or reach my parents who stare down at me from a top a mahogany spiral staircase, like the type you see in your Victorian period pieces. Nor can I run when men in black outpace me. My subconscious assigns the heaviness of antiquity, now rubble, to my limbs. On other nights, I dream my arms are stuck above my shoulders, elbows turning my appendages into sideways Vs, more or less signs, one pointing left, the other right, as if there were places to go, as if things added up. I cannot lift my arms over my head to remove my robe. A mass of fabric has settled on my face like a clay mask that gets itchy as it dries. I am an iron pretzel of flesh and joints, long sleeves and seams. I cannot see the bed I once shared with my husband, he's missing, or the wool carpet beneath my feet, Although my toes, doing a high-wire balancing act in the wake of my torso's paralysis, can feel the fibers. If I could, I would use screams to rip through the seams, even if I had to re-sew them in the morning to reappear a properly covered woman. Disarray, order, neither option helps me move. And those are just the dreams. We've reached European borders How long ago I've lost count. A calendar is the least of our worries. Our mouths dry in the sun. Our useless shoes cry inshallah in the rain. My daughter's latest vocabulary word is patrolman. We are motionless. Backward, forward, it doesn't matter. Our horizon is a fence of wire, men, and guns. I've seen my daughter's face fade from a summer blossom. I can do nothing about her mucousy nose, dark circles of worry, or lips so chapped they bleed. If only a kiss would heal. Oh, Sally, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece and, and, and so graphic. Um, Tell me, when when did you write this and and what exactly inspired it? 
I started writing this probably nine months ago. I actually have anxiety dreams where I can't climb up to something. I'm stuck. And I have dreams where I literally cannot take off a top. I'm, I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about other people's suffering um, as, a, as a writer and artist does, as Phil did. And it just organically turned into a story about a refugee. And this is published on Medium. People can find Refugee yes. on Medium and yes. under under your name, Sally O'Dowd. Yes. And and I this will have, I will we will share the link on uh, show notes. And this is this is a uh, uh, a piece that will be part of your grilled cheese sandwiches and other tales of love and loss collection, correct? Yes, and that collection uh, is inspired by my mother's death. But I didn't want to just write poems about grief over a mother's passing. I, I wanted it to be about other tales of love and loss. Right. And, and this truly is. And, and these refugee, refugee stories and the imagery that you have managed to, to capture and, and create um, – these stories keep coming. These stories are happening every single day. Correct. I mean, there's more and more and more. I mean, there are losses. There are people who are dying, trying to make these crossings. Um, and, and are in displaced persons, um, camps and, uh, they're just, there's just a lot of it going on. And we, we, this is going on at the same time as we have our own domestic issues here in this country, but it's, this is an extraordinary, extraordinary piece. And, and also what people will see if they go to medium, will see a, an, a wonderful image that, uh, what is the story behind the image that you included in this poem? Absolutely. Well, the first one, uh, the fence, uh, I, I purchased, several months ago. And then last summer, I attended a, an auction sponsored by the News Women's Club of New York. And one could bid on different photographs. And I bid on, on a photo uh, of a woman and two children uh, in Syria taken by Jacobia Dom, and she has documented refugees' extraordinary passage into Europe. It was just perfect. It, it, it fit my words and what I was aiming to do at the time with my poem, uh, which I have since reworked and reworked. And so I bid on that uh, photograph, and, and here it is. And is it hanging in your apartment? Yes. Great. I can, I can, I, I urge everybody to go to Medium and, and to look up the work of Sally O'Dowd because it is really extraordinary. And, and with that, we're going to make a gentle segue, I hope, but might be a little bit of a sharp segue. Um, we have, we have another guest calling in. I cannot imagine who this is. 
Uh, <clears throat> uh, hello, hello, is this thing on? Yeah, yeah. Who is it? You are all very lucky because you are in the presence of the president, the President Trump. Congratulations. Wow, I had no idea that number 45 would be calling into political twist, but uh, hello. Hello. You're certainly very welcome. This is amazing. Greatest day ever for the political twist. Believe me. Believe me. <laughs> so today, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I have something very special for you. Amazing, incredible movie. Came out in 1987. It's called The Running Man. What a great piece of cinema. Fantastic. The best movie I've ever seen. Probably until next week when I'll call back with something better. But this week, <laughs> The Running Man, incredible. <laughs> Ivanka and I were watching the movie yesterday, hand in hand. I mean, just sitting there together on the couch. <laughs> watching the movie. Look into each other's where, eyes. Where was Melania? Wait, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> oh, yes, the wife, yes. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> so the movie the movie starts, I'm about to throw up by mentioning even his name, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're fired. You're fired. I hate that guy. Such low energy. So bad. Knows absolutely nothing about ratings. However... My best hero in the movie was Richard Dawson, who was playing Damon Killian, who was a talk show host, kind of like me, mm -hmm. controlling everything about the world. It was incredible. Exactly like me. <laughs> so, ladies, I suggest you watch the movie. There's a lot of running going on. There's fireworks. There is killing. There is food shortages, there's riots in the street, and it's a perfect, perfect, perfect vision of the future. Oh. So, uh, so it's good enough for the Donald. Um, uh, that's your, your recommendation, sir. Correct. It's the best. Yes. You will love it. Believe me, you will love it. Wow. I guess we'll have to, we'll have to uh, take that under advisement. Um, or... Well, Go out and see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The commander so, of reruns. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For those that have. Uh, <clears throat> oh, Larry's back. Hey. Hey, Larry. Larry. Uh, hey, hey yeah. Where did you go? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was weird. Uh, did Trump just show up? What, what happened? Um, Trump called in. <laughs> what? That is crazy. Wow. I didn't know he knows about our podcast. That's incredible. I know. I know. He had to hang up because uh, Kellyanne is beating up jake tapper he had to go hang up. <laughs> oh my god and and uh and uh what's his face steve bannon is beating up jared they're having some kind of um argument about something of course. maybe it was about something he missed over shabbat um <laughs> anyway so for uh this week that's a wrap um on political twist thanks everybody for listening um, we are Larry Gansman, Sally O'Dowd, and I'm Toby Elkin, and we had the great Phil Ammons as our guest. And for everybody, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good week. Take we care. We love you. See you all later. 
Tchau.